0: Hey, 360 Electricians, welcome back to the 360 Electrician Podcast, the only podcast and YouTube channel 100% dedicated to electricians that want to become electrical contractors and for electrical contractors to level up in the business. Well, you know that I brought this podcast to you to always try to get the best guests I possibly can that comes directly into our niche. And I am so excited because my next guest is probably one of my favorite YouTube channels. He is a code expert. He happens to sit on code making panels, both three and 17. He has an uh, incredible series coming out on YouTube that we're gonna be talking about. You know him and I know him as the one and only Ryan Jackson. Ryan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey Jeff, it's good to see you again, man. Thanks for having me, bye.
0: Ryan, thank you so much. I, truth be told, I think I reached out to Ryan who happens to be a super humble guy. And the reason I'm saying that is because Ryan, I think even when I reached out to you the first time, I was super like, I don't wanna say scared, but you know, we almost think of <laughs> you guys as like electrical inspectors, right? We're on the job and yeah. all of a sudden we're sir and yes, sir and and whatnot. But you know what? When I reached out to you, you were super gracious. I asked you to come on our live uh, meetup for our members. And man, I was blown away with everything that you taught us and the things that we learned. And I super appreciate you coming back on. You are always welcome on my channel and the podcast.
1: Well, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. You know, I I try to be really approachable. I mean, I I I know how important it is to have people that that you can reach out to. And if you have questions, you know, you're only as dumb as the dumbest person in your phone book, right? So I I try to make sure that people can reach out to me and that I can help them. And, And I try to do it in a way that's not intimidating because... You know, when, when you call somebody that's that's an alleged expert at something, it is it is kind of intimidating. So I, I understand where you're coming from and and I, I really do appreciate you saying uh, you know, that I was easily approachable because that that really does mean a lot to me. It is something that I that I really try to do.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm super excited because I don't get to see you on other podcasts and channels. So I'm assuming is this your first podcast, by the way, or have you been on any others? Uh, no,
1: I've done I've done a few. Yeah, I, I've done okay. a few different podcasts. Um,
0: I, I've had people ask me to create one
1: and boy, I don't know. I mean, it just, you know, the, the, the time commitment and, and you know, I, I'm a, I'm an educator, right? right? So a lot of times I, I, I really try to focus on the visual aspect. I like to show people installations and photographs and drawings. And I just don't know that, that what I do really lends itself to a, to a normal podcast. But boy, being a guest on a podcast love it i've done it several times and uh and it's always a pleasure
0: anytime you feel the itch to talk for an hour you can do a takeover of my podcast anytime and it's funny because (laughs) i've been reached out by a couple of people to to do that and i guess that's a new trend coming over so i i will never do a takeover of your YouTube channel, because I am not the code guru, but you are more than welcome to come over and take it over. So, you know, Ryan, uh, I, we, we've we had limited contact. Obviously, we're both busy, and, and I'm not the kind of guy that's going to be hounding anybody for anything for any reason, unless it's super important. So I want to get to know more uh, about you and who you are, how you got in the trade. I heard from some other people that are good friends with you as well, and they kind of said some stuff, and I was like blown away. But I think one thing—if I—and correct me if I'm wrong—was it your your father was also uh, an electrician, a master electrician? Is that correct?
1: No, it's not correct. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, somebody in the family, right? My mother actually. Your my mother, mother, that's was, right. Yeah, that's right. My my mom is retired, but she was an inspector. That's and, amazing. Uh, in fact, she was she was one of the first certified electrical inspectors in the state of Utah. I, li- I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, back in the '80s, they changed the law here in Utah to make to make it where inspectors actually had to be licensed and certified in the disciplines they inspected,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and wow. uh, which is definitely a good thing. Sure, you know, I mean, before then, it was just kind of the cowboy approach <laughs> and my way or the highway, you know. Yeah, and. You know certification and everything it, it just it just lends to to credibility and accountability so that you know the people that are inspecting your work actually know what they're talking about of course uh, so anyway when they when they changed that law and they said look inspectors actually need to be certified a lot of inspectors uh they decided yeah maybe now is a good time to retire right. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and they did yeah and uh a lot of inspectors they they couldn't pass the tests wow. for things that they had been inspecting they didn't know the code as well as they thought yeah and uh yeah my mom was actually one of the first ones to to get certified as an electrical inspector and in, in fact, uh, back there on my bookshelf, I have a couple of her code books from uh, from back. Wow, that.
0: that is amazing. That's a great story and I apologize you're right it was uh, uh, it was your mom and I was that's what I meant by. I was blown away just to learn a little bit more about you yeah. because I you know people kind of tell me and kind of accuse me not accused but you know we're tr- tradesmen are are a different breed. they love to they love to single out those code issues, right? That's not to code. And by the way, if you guys are listening to this podcast, Ryan already knows, we're going to talk about a couple of things. I sent you some pictures this week. That's kind of a pet peeve for me. And I want to get your thoughts on that. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, you want to stay till the end because Ryan, last time he was on our live show, gave us a couple of informational nuggets and also, I sent Ryan some pictures this week. So if you're going to watch this on the YouTube podcast on on our channel, uh, you're going to see the visual of what I'm talking about. I've got a couple of pet peeves in the trade; it comes up all the time. So you guys want to stay tuned to that. So Ryan, your mom was an uh, electrician, and uh, that's kind of what got you an electrical inspector, and that's kind of got what got your passion going.
1: Yeah. So you know, my my road into the trade was kind of a a strange one. I I actually. You know, to make a long story short, I, I was in high school and I got I got kicked out of high school when I was 16. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like the me, best <laughs> yeah. So I got booted out and uh, I took a full time job uh, swinging a hammer, right. Building building houses, residential carpenter. And uh, I was framing houses during the day and going to school at night. And uh, I was able to graduate on time just kind of by the skin of my teeth. But yeah, so I, I went to school at night, swinging a hammer during the day and my mom was an inspector, like I mentioned. And during that time, my my brother was in the Marine Corps, and he got home when I was 17. And he was an electrician in the Marines. So when he got home, he got a job, you know, in the civilian world as an electrician. And You know, basically his his paychecks were bigger than mine, and that was that was all there was to it. You know, I I would love to tell you a better story than that, but that was that. You know, I mean, so he was making more money than me, so I said, "Oh, looks like I'm going to be an electrician instead of a framer." (laughs) So that's what I did. Yeah, so that's uh, that's how I got into the electrical industry as soon as I turned eighteen. So in Utah, you have to be licensed uh, even as an apprentice, yeah, and you can't get an apprentice license until you're eighteen. So
0: okay
1: so i just i waited until i was 18 and as soon as i was 18 i i got into the electrical industry got licensed as a as an apprentice and and started doing electrical work then so yeah
0: and so i i've said some stuff off camera and i truly believe ryan you you are a big thing man you are you know i i we're humble guys i get it but you're a big deal what you're doing um your future in this industry uh everything is a big deal so how did you get even get into that? Because, again, uh, we all have our specialties, right? I'm, I'm the B2B. I i am mean, if you ask me, am I great at code? Absolutely not. I'm great at making sure my guys follow the uh, the plans, first of all. And we all, I think, as electricians, know our basic codes. What to arc fault, what not, our strappings, stuff like that. It starts getting tougher when you're starting to do calculations. And in my, in our master's test, it gets a little bit more with transformers and stuff like that. Who in their right mind, and I have a special place in my heart, I always think of like, who's the doctor that wants to do the open heart surgery, right? And do all that. How did you even get into that? What was your passion? Is that just how you're built? Is it just what is it that got you into to code?
1: Yeah, you know, that it's a it's a great question. So I I went to a class when I when I was an electrician, I, I went to a, a CEU class that was in those local taught by a guy named Noel Williams. Mm-hmm. And uh, noel is a local guy although he teaches all over the country and i mean he he, he's written books for nfpa i mean noel williams is he is right up there he's not as well known as a lot of people because he's just not he doesn't do quite as many regular classes he he does really specialized Mm -hmm. very very high end Mm -hmm. deep level classes he is sharp yeah but i went to a class he was teaching on I guess it would have been the 1999 changes. So mm-hmm. I, we were under the 96 and then the teaching on the 99. And I went to this class that he did and I was blown away because I didn't know that anybody knew the code wow. that well. I, I didn't even think that was a thing. <laughs> right? I I, didn't, I mean, of course, there, there's experts in, in everything. Sure. Right. I mean, sure. you, just, you don't really think about it. But I mean, I was watching Noel, you know, rattle, rattle off the code and I was. Floored. I mean, this guy just knew everything about everything, and again, I didn't know that that was even possible, and I I didn't know that people could make a living by just knowing the code. And I had always liked when when I when I was wearing the tools. I always liked it when people asked me questions because it it feels nice when you're the person that people ask for advice. It's It's just a human thing, right? You you feel good about yourself, so. I always liked to to learn the code, and I and I thought that I knew it fairly well. looking back, of course, I didn't know anything about anything. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people would ask me questions about the code, and then I realized that you can learn the code to that depth. Yeah, and I decided to kind of take that up, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to learn the code a lot better because it, it is possible to know it that mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the the inspiration, and then I decided that I wanted to kind of. I wanted to 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 use the code mainly as my as my uh as kind of my my life profession so while i i I enjoyed being an electrician i also i didn't necessarily want to wear tools for the rest of my life i mean there's a lot of different facets in the industry that you can go yeah uh but for me i was more interested in the code so i i took a job as an inspector i got certified as an electrical inspector and i i started working as an inspector and, and even then, okay, I knew the code well enough to pass the test and and to get a job, but I still wanted to know it even better. I yeah. wanted to be the the people that I wanted to be the guy that the people would call and ask you know what's your opinion on the code and on my fellow inspectors and my colleagues. Sure. so what I would do is I, I got this job inspecting and then as an inspector, at least in our area, Usually what you'll do is is like we, we work 10 hour days, mm-hmm. so we get to the office wow. at seven mm-hmm. and you couldn't even leave until eight because you don't want to be on a job at seven. Right. right. I mean, nobody's going to be ready. So so from seven to eight is kind of your time. You, you get prepared for the day. You're answering phone calls and things. But really, a lot of it you is is you're, you're just waiting for your day to begin. So I would take that hour and I would study code and I would get onto websites like Mike holt's code forum, mm. which I, I think is still a thing. It's not as popular now because of Facebook and Instagram sure. and everything else. But you know, I would get on there and I would participate and I would read questions. And at, at first I would just read questions and I would read people's replies. And I was too scared to really get in there and, and answer questions on my own. And then pretty soon I, I started building up confidence. And people would ask a question and, and I would type out the answer and kind of cross my fingers right. and, and hope I wasn't wrong, yeah. you know, <laughs> Right. but um, I kind of got hooked on it. I, I got to the point where I was really enjoying reading, you know, and, and then yeah. of course you build camaraderie with some of the people on a forum, you become yeah. friends with right. people, you know, Right. and there was not just mics, but there was, there was other ones that, you know, there was probably five different code forums, bulletin boards mm-hmm. that, that I would go to mm-hmm. and answer questions and, and read what was going on in the industry mm-hmm. and, and Get exposed to things that I wasn't getting exposed to, right? you know you you can read about you know hospitals. well, if you're an inspector, if your city doesn't have a hospital, then you ain't gonna see a hospital. true. <laughs> you know true. so I could read I could read things like that. So I started getting better and better at the NEC and uh, about that time, I, I attended a class that another friend of mine, local was uh, was putting on. His name's Gary Beckstrand, and he's just barely retired. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Gary is on code making panel 15 for healthcare facilities and really sharp. He's an instructor for, you know, a thousand years. But I went to one of his classes and he could tell that I had a passion for the code, right? He could tell this as a student. And he, he called me maybe a month later and said, hey, have you ever thought about getting into teaching? And I said, no, yeah, not really. I mean, no, to, long story made short. And he said, well, here's the thing i i have more classes scheduled than i can possibly do and boy it would really help me out if you could take a class or two and and he, he said i'll pay you you know a 100 bucks an hour to do classes <laughs> i was like mm, mm, okay. i think i could probably bring my schedule up you know <laughs> was, it, was that
0: your first paying gig as a as a as instructor an instructor yeah wow yeah amazing as an instructor yeah so um so
1: yeah, he he hooked me up and he said, yeah, you can uh you you can do some classes for me. I'll give you the material. You don't have to try to build the powerpoints or anything because you're not gonna you know. Mm-hmm. So so that's the way I started teaching. And the first class I ever did, uh, you know, he said, okay, you, you're going to do this class. It's up at this uh, it's up at this college in North Salt Lake, and here's the material. It's on hazardous locations, and that mm-hmm. kind of froze me a little bit because that's. You know, that, that's not residential, right? I mean, right. Know, all I ever all I did was commercial. So I didn't I didn't want to teach a class on residential. Right. But hazardous locations, that's Gosh, that's a big one. For, yeah, yeah, know, it for is. For your first class. <laughs> so he goes, okay, here's the material. It's on hazardous locations. It's going to be at this school. So that Saturday rolls up, right? I drive up to the college, and I'm, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, it's, it's at a college. It's going to be a classroom. Got my projector. You know, I got my laptop. In fact, I was, I was borrowing his projector. So I got there and it was not in a classroom, Jeff. Mm. <laughs> it okay. was it was in the lecture arena. Oh my gosh. I mean exceeding for like five thousand people. No oh. no exaggeration. How many people and were I there? mean they had me up on the stage like I'm Steve Jobs oh. inter- you know, introducing <laughs> the Apple eleven or whatever. And I mean, oh my God. I've never taught a day in my life. Oh. And I am up. To, That's awesome. I mean the screen right. was probably forty feet wide. It was <laughs> Huge. And I mean, my heart is just beating out of my chest. I am freaking out. I mean, to this day, 20 years later, I've still never had to do something like that. Oh,
0: my God. Um, is, is there a video of that yeah, somewhere? Is there a video of that
1: somewhere?
0: Is there a video of that somewhere? No. Oh, too no. Bad. I'd go. love to get my oh, hands you know, on that funny. and say, hey,
1: we've got that video here.
0: That's right? amazing.
1: <laughs> well, as it turns out, there was only like 12 people in the <sighs> class. So it was like I mean I don't okay. know why they didn't just have it in right. the classroom, but that's what uh, they did, you know. So, but I mean I was good. ready like before I even started I was like you know what I'm going home I'm right right sick. right I'm gonna I'm gonna move to Montana or <laughs> wherever and nobody's gonna I'm gonna you know so Crazy. that was my first class and. Uh, you know, I, I would love to tell you that it went well. It probably didn't, but um, but I got through it. You cool. know, and uh, sometimes and that's the that, way it goes.
0: I, sometimes you just got to get oh, in yeah. there, and that it is was, very cool. It
1: was baptism by fire. Man. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did that class, and then afterward, I did a couple more that were normal, and uh, and and that kind of hooked me. So yeah, that's how I started teaching, and then uh, kind of got a name for myself as an instructor, and mm-hmm. started doing more and more classes, and then. So I I would say that was kind of my first big break. Um, My next big break would have been in the fall of 2004. So Mm -hmm. for the 2005 National Electrical Code, of course, that gets published in fall of the previous year. So fall of 2004, Mm -hmm. we print the 2005 NEC. And every year, NFPA, who writes the code, uh, NFPA has their big annual meeting. And they they alternate where it's going to be. And in two thousand four, for the two thousand five NEC, that meeting was was in Salt Lake. It was in my backyard. So mm, you had all nice. of these people from all from the I mean the biggest people in the industry are all going to flock to Salt Lake for this one meeting. And I was able to schedule a breakfast with Mike Holt. And the wow. reason I did that is because I was always on his internet forum, and I actually I was a moderator on it because I spent so much time on it. And I was able to uh, to have breakfast with Mike. Mm-hmm. We got together and we just hit it off really well um we were both code guys you know and, and we we're both talking and yeah i'm an instructor and everything you could tell i had passion for it sure and uh, we started talking and and he said and, and we were talking about you know what we what we're into and i said you know believe it or not my first class was on hazardous locations and i was so scared i i dove as deep into it as i could and i, I feel pretty good on hazardous locations mm. now it's kind of a passion yeah and mike says oh really and i said yeah he goes so how about this he says i'm doing a series of videos do you want to come on there and help me with the hazardous locations part and i'm like yeah i can do that Mm -hmm. he said okay do you you really feel confident and i Mm -hmm. said yeah actually i do i I feel pretty good on hazardous locations." sure so we did went down to his place you know a couple months later and we shot a video series and it went great Mm -hmm. and the next thing you know and, and when i was down there uh, he was really generous, uh, you know, paid me and and gave me all sorts of, uh, all, all sorts of resources of books and PowerPoints wow. and things that just really helped me in my career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I asked him, I said, well, I'd like to thank you, you know, for all of this. Can I, can I just edit some of your books? I mean, I, I enjoy reading, so I'm, I'm at least semi-literate. So, sure. <laughs> you know, can I, can I edit your books and, and give you any pointers? So I did. And, uh started editing his books and the next thing you know I've got an at mycolt.com email address and it. we're going down there a lot and I'm editing all of his books now and then the next thing you know I'm writing his books yeah. uh, you know I wrote his Code changes book uh, from 2008 until 2017 mm-hmm. and uh, edited all of his other books and mm-hmm. yeah that was uh, that was kind of the, the the way I got the name for myself
0: yeah and you know I can imagine what you felt like it's like how I'm here with you. If it is that exciting, I'm sure it was pretty exciting because my, my call, it's a big deal, too. I think truth be told, I got my certificate. Uh, I graduated my two year degree in electrical construction maintenance. And, you know, it was only my call back then. No Internet, no nothing, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's why I say, you know, when I say you're a big thing. God bless Mike Halt. I heard he's a really humble guy, too. He's a great, you know, I haven't personally met him. One day I hope I do. One day you're, when you're, when you're somewhere and he's there, just give me an intro. But, you know, I'm, I'm super more excited that uh, I have uh, you here. But, uh, you know, I always see like you and me, uh, I don't want to say ages, I might be a little bit older than you. I don't know. I always, but, but, you know, this is the next generation of where it's going and the reason I'm bringing that up is cuz I want to get right into one of the most exciting things for us as electricians and it should be is you have the 100 days of the 2023 NEC code change series that has blown me away because as a business owner, you know, I have two locations, one in California, one in Montana, and I have the YouTube channel and I have the podcast now. And people think how do I do it? And I say After I saw what you do and, and, and everything you explained and how you have guys, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, come on, I've got the 2020, you've got this series and, and I just looked it up right now because again, I wanted to post it. And every day you're posting these videos. It's just amazing. I want to talk about it. How did you get into it? I know you did the 20, uh, the, the changes for the 2020, uh, the 2020, actually, um, we're on 2023, The hundred days of Article One Hundred was one of your series, which is still up, which is still relevant because there hasn't been too too many changes in One Hundred, so that's still completely relevant. Tell me about how you just came up with this, and and how do you even do it? How do how do you record these? Because and how many hours a day? I just want to know more about that. I think everybody's super interested (laughs) that that has any kind of passion for code. Well,
1: you know, I've got the YouTube channel, of course, and. You know, it, it's it's easy for me to to be complacent and procrastinate. I'm, I'm, I'm really bad with that. So for me to sit down and record videos, I, I kind of had to commit to it. So what I did is I, I made a video and I said, hey, guys, I'm going to do 100 videos over the next 100 days. And before I could talk myself out of it, <laughs> I posted the video and it's out. there. It's done. So now, done I deal. <laughs> now I have to uh and really that's what i had to do you know i I really did so once it was out there and i decided okay well great looks like i'm doing 100 videos now (laughs) so i committed to it yeah and uh what i'll do is every every week or so i'll I'll try and sit down and i'll record 10 of them or you know depending on the topic Mm -hmm. how long they are because some of the videos are are three minutes long some of the videos are 23 minutes long right it, it just depends on the subject and the change whether it's brand new Or whether it's a small but important clarification you know so some of the videos are longer and some are shorter but but jeff i'll be honest what what really made me decide to do it because it's difficult i mean look i I make my living writing textbooks and teaching seminars and and people hire me to to go teach at their facility and their schools and everything else so it's kind of a delicate balance Mm -hmm. do do i want to put all that material out there for free, right. basically, it was a question and, I, I had I for you. Yeah. my own business right. and and other other instructors that are like me, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what, I really, I want to do this because when I was a young instructor, there really wasn't very many resources out there. There weren't. I mean, for me to to teach the material, I mean, I to, to teach a coaching this class. Boy, you'd have to go through and read all the proposals and, and read the comments and try and sift through that mm. and, and read all the different books about it. And, and reading books is only gonna get you so far. I mean, I, look, I, I write books, I'm not, I'm not disparaging books, but to just sit down and read a book about the code, that's gonna give you some information. Yeah. You, in my opinion, you need to hear somebody talk about it and show it. And I thought, man, what I wouldn't give 25 years ago mm. What I wouldn't have given to have a YouTube video where I could go and watch somebody that really knows the material and have them just spell it out. And look, I'm not just going to parrot what the guy says on YouTube, but sure. at least I get an idea of what this stuff is doing and where it came from. So really, I, I, I did the video for, for electricians because they need to know the code and inspectors and design professionals. But I'll tell you, my, my main target, maybe my, my main motivation, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. should say, was instructors, because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's it's so hard to get resources as an instructor and, and you've got to have it. You're being relied on to relay that yeah. information and, and have it accurate mm-hmm. and to have it ready the day the code is printed. I mean, you know, they, they, they print the 2023 code in in the fall of 2022. And there are states that will adopt it January 1 of yeah. 2023. Yeah. You've got to be, be ready to go on. Yeah. you, know, you, you got to hit the door running. Sure. So We've got to have that material out there. So I just I wanted to help instructors more than anything. But then uh, everybody, you know, that has access to it. I mean, if you're in the electrical industry, you've you've got to know what the code says. Yeah. So. And I. Yeah, I've, that was kind of what we decided to do it.
0: I I've been uh you know I've been I've got positive comments to people saying, you know, cause again, I do the B2B and I tell people all my secrets and it's kind of the same thing. And I totally wanted to get it. First of all, it's just a joy that I know I'm giving back and I'm just helping someone. I always say 99% of my stuff is free because I know that I'm putting food on someone's table. If they can get that other client or they can get that other sale, just kind of like that. And I know you you're the same again, I, as I said, right in the beginning, we're, we're pretty humble guys. You know, we're, we're blessed in our own ways to be where you are. It, it's it's one in a million. Let's be honest. It's one in a million. Yeah. Uh, I think there's yeah. a lot more of me than there be a Ryan Jackson. So I we appreciate it. That is that's kind of why I wanted to get to know you a little bit better, know your heart. Now you did say about the the series stuff. So obviously you get invited by big corporations, um, uh, groups. You are part of a couple of uh, of groups. I don't know how that works or if you are contracted to be with one group or not the other, but, uh, where is the best place for people to get a hold of you? I've been, I put it up on there. It's ryanjackson.com electrical.com obviously, and your YouTube channel. Um, what are some other areas? Is there any shows coming up? Is there any events coming up or is there a yearly event that you're at that people can go to see you? Yeah, great
1: question. So, a, a lot of times I will have individual facilities uh, reach out to me and do classes. So, like in two weeks from now, you know, I'll be at a power plant doing a class for them. And obviously, that's not open to the public, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's strictly for the plant electricians. Uh, and then I do CEU classes all over the country, whether it's for a facility or a school or an association. Um, the ones that are open to the public, a lot of them are through the iaei and i've been a member of iai actually since i was 18. as soon as i got in fact uh, my mom got me into the iai because iai international association of electrical inspectors so Mm -hmm. my mom was a member and in fact she was the she was the secretary and the president of the utah chapter several different times so she got me into the iai and i Mm -hmm. and i became a member when i was 18. and i've been the president of the utah chapter a couple times so Anyway, uh, the IAI is actually, they are while well, we're talking about it, they're changing their name this January to be more inclusive. They're changing it to the Independent Alliance of the Electrical Industry because right. it's not just electrical inspectors, right? Sure. It's any electrical person can be in a part of that association. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I do quite a few classes for them. Um, as we're recording this, uh, in a couple of days, actually, I'll be in an airplane to to fly to Michigan to do a class for the Michigan chapter. Mm. I just got back from Florida doing a class for the Florida chapter, and then um, the IAI section meetings is really important. That that's been a big part of my success mm-hmm. is meeting people and and talking to people and networking, and if there's a better place, I don't know what it is, uh, than the IAEI section meetings. So, You're you're
0: basically teaching the people that we are interacting with as contractors every day. You know, that's that resource. That's, that's pretty amazing. So, so it's funny because again, you've kind of touched all of our lives in a, in one way or a form, because your teaching gets trickled down and we learn from that in so many different ways. That's pretty amazing. How long you been? Probably, yeah. How long? Uh, sorry, uh, you said since you were eighteen, but uh, how long has that organization been around? Do you know?
1: Oh, IAI has been around for a hundred years. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, they, they've been around pretty much since Amazing. since day one. Yeah. So. Yeah, they've been around for a very long time. Good, good association. They've they've, they've met so much to me in, in in my career. But yeah, so they have they have the different section meetings. Mm-hmm. So you have the northwest, or I'm sorry, the northeast section and the the western section, which they call it the western section. To you and I, it's it's the Midwest. Right, right. Ohio, right. is in the western section. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> you know, so you and I, Jeff, we're in the northwest section. North so section. So I've heard that before. I can go for that. Yeah, I hear you. So northwest, southwest, and then you got the southern section. So anyway, usually in the fall, uh, they have all the different section mm-hmm. meetings, and that's where you get like six or seven different states, sure. and they'll, they'll move around where all the different section mm-hmm. meetings are. So I'll be teaching um, at the southern section, at the northwest, southwest section. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be attending the, the western and the eastern. I'm not sure if I'm teaching at those ones yet or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really good place to find me. Yes. Um and when I'm teaching for those guys, uh, you know, I work for myself, but I also work for the Steel Tube Institute. Yeah, and they're an association of steel conduit manufacturers. Mm-hmm. They're all made in, in the United States, and uh, you know, they've got like-minded interests. And mm-hmm. and uh, I work for STI, trying to, to kind of help spread the word about steel conduit. Sure, and it's actually through steel conduit, through a uh, Steel Tubing Institute. They're the ones that, that send me to the IAI meetings, and that allows me to. Uh, to not charge IAI for the classes because uh-huh. STI helps sponsor me out there, you know, so sure. it, it works out great. They they can keep the cost of the registration down sure. by having people like me go out there and, uh, and it's really, it's just a, it's just a win-win all the way around.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I have four questions for you that I know I have to get through. Uh, okay. Number one would be as a new electrical contractor, because we got a lot of brand new electrical contractors coming out that listen to this channel on my podcast, because again, I'm I'm the number one on, on electrical contractor. You won't find me under electrician yet, but you find me as number one to 25 under electrical contractor on our, our YouTube search. I'm a new electrical contractor. What is one organization that I should seek out for obviously continued education, training? Uh, what would be you know, whether you are part of it or you're giving them a plug, I don't care because what you say obviously holds some weight. Where is yeah. a website or, or an organization? I know of one. I don't want to say it. I want you to say it, but uh, it's pro- it's the same one I know. Uh, where okay. where should be, people be going? Because I feel like a lot of contractors, they've worked for someone, their whole. they don't understand how important it really is. This is the law. This is your liability. This is your life right here. And if you're not following it and you're not in some kind of organization that's teaching it, your uh, continued yeah. education in it, your people are certified, trained, whether it's a journeyman card, apprentice card, all that. Where's one place that you can point somebody to that can go to like right now, as soon as they get off this podcast and probably join as a member?
1: Yeah, well, the, the first one that jumps to my mind would be the independent electrical contractors uh, and that's IEC. And of course I'm kind of biased towards them because <laughs> me, when I was wearing the tools, which, you know, most of my career, I wasn't wearing the tools. I was inspecting and teaching mm-hmm. and writing it, but, but I, I was never in the union. I have nothing against the union, IBW, NECA, all that. I have nothing whatsoever against the union. Yeah. It here. was never particularly strong in my area. So mm-hmm. I, I never really felt compelled to join it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you know, for, for people that are not in a union, Sometimes figuring out like where to send their apprentices to go to school can be difficult and how to how to work with like minded people. I mean, you know, you mentioned Jeff, you give away trade secrets and, and so do I, you know. So being able to, to communicate with people that are in the same business as you, it, it's so important. So uh, independent electrical contractors uh IEC that's that's definitely one or if you're if you're in an area where the union is strong and you want to be a part of that if you you want to be in the union get in the union (laughs) Sure, I always say the grass is
0: not greener on any side except the side you water it I'm 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 an advocate for both Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. Wonderful. I mean, my, you know, the, the textbooks that I write are used by IEC in, in their apprenticeship program. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm going to say IEC first, yes. you know, and, and I lead IEC and I'm, I'm tight with all those guys, you know, sure. but you might be in an area where, where IEC is not strong, you yeah. know, and, and if that's the case and, and you think maybe the union is better then than so be it,
0: you know? Uh, are you affiliated with Mike Halt's online continued learning or is it like there's Jade and there's a couple of other ones, yeah. anybody else that you're associated with?
1: Uh, So Vector Solutions, I I do all of their training. So if you need CEUs, um, Vector Solutions is approved in several different states. Mm -hmm. And the content that I provide for Vector is is similar to what I do on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And you're actually going to get credit for it for for CEUs. So, yeah, Vector. is good. I, I don't really work with Mike anymore. I, okay. I worked I worked with Mike for sure. my I got a you know W two from Mike for mm-hmm. twelve years, mm-hmm. and Mike and I are still friends. You know we we it you know our, our relationship had, our professional relationship had it had run its course. Sure, you know we, we started here and and we've made course.
0: some some
1: superb material together, and then you know we just kind of went our own separate ways and and of amicably. So, yeah.
0: And, and that's why I said, you know, the new generation is online. It's all social media. It's all learning, you know. So, yeah, I totally see that. All right. Yeah. So here is uh, here we start getting into the golden nuggets uh, in, in the podcast. My first question is, what is your least favorite 2023 code change? <laughs>
1: My least favorite. Okay. Well, it kind of dovetails into a change that was made in the 2020 code and they made it slightly better in 2023, Mm -hmm. and they also made it slightly worse. Okay. And, okay, so it's in section 110.26, and that's for working space. Now, Mm -hmm. working space is intended to make sure that the electrician is safe, Yes. right? That working space is not for the owner, it's not for the the inspector, it's Mm -hmm. for the electrician working Mm -hmm. on the equipment. So it's an important section. But in the 2020 code, They made a change to said for large equipment bigger than six feet, 1200 amps or more. Mm -hmm. For large equipment, open equipment doors must not impede access to or from the electrical equipment. Now that sounds great, Mm -hmm. and on paper that's a really good requirement. We shouldn't trap people, right? So if you if you can imagine a freestanding switchboard like you see in a parking lot, you know, a big 1200 amp, six foot one. Usually you'll open the two doors, right? They're, and they're they're hinged on the outsides and they'll open 90 degrees and they lock into place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if that thing is six feet wide, then each of the doors of course would be three feet. Right. You open them up and they're three feet. So maybe measured from the switchboard to behind me, let's say I've got four feet of clearance, mm-hmm. which complies. Sure. Well, when I open those doors, I'm trapped yeah. Yeah. inside that equipment. Right. If something went wrong. I mean, let's not (laughs) kid each other, you're dead. Art 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 flash, you're done. You're done. So I love that change Mm -hmm. from that perspective, but not every installation looks like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've worked at places where you have big, long kind of hallways of electrical equipment Mm -hmm. and any of those doors being opened, it's not gonna create a hazard, but does it obstruct your way around the equipment? Sure. Mm -hmm. So I've taught at places where, because of that change, their electrical room would have to be 50 feet bigger.
0: Wow. Which wow. is insane. It is. Right.
1: I mean, come on, <laughs> 50, 50 foot bigger equipment room. So, yeah, not a big fan of that change. Right. Now, in the 2023 code, they clarified it by saying, okay, when we say that the doors must not impede access to and from, what we mean is that it, it can't minimize, it, it can't reduce. The access and the egress to less than 24 inches wide mm. okay good well at least now we have a number but right they also took it out of the large equipment the six foot 1200 inch, uh, and now it applies to all equipment mm. so now any equipment door if it's open you have to be able to get around by points. two feet yeah. around any open door sure and i think that's one that sounds great on paper yeah. and in reality it's going to improve safety in a lot of instances, but it's also going to to make some preposterous, ridiculous requirements.
0: Right. Now, I saw your video you did on that in the 100 days. So go to to Ryan's uh, channel at Ryan Jackson Electrical on YouTube. And I'm going to put it back up here if you're watching the podcast right there. Uh, But the funny part is, Ryan, now it's also going to probably force manufacturers to make a bifold door or something different, correct? So it's funny. And this is what I'm talking about, how... Someone like you, and again, you're not on that particular uh, committee, I get it, but you know it's how important it is to know this stuff because it's gonna affect you. And you, if you know it now and your competition doesn't know it tomorrow, yeah. you're already set up for it. I had that same situation where we didn't have some clearances because Eaton panel needed three extra feet, for example, with, and mm-hmm. then we didn't have the 18 inch clearance on the, so we went with a, a Schneider. And guess what? We got away with it. The other people didn't bid that way, and so it was—it was just knowing all that stuff. Very cool. So right. I told you your least favorite. So now I got to ask you your favorite code change. Well, I have to do oh, one okay. other
1: least favorite I can, and that uh-huh. is okay. bending radius for NM cable.
0: Aha. That might
1: be my least favorite in the entire book.
0: But we're going to talk and about I, that at the end, aren't we? With the pictures I sent you.
1: Well, no, we'll talk about staple. Oh. So oh, okay, the bending gotcha. radius. I was
0: talking I'll about bending too. To be bending cable. Yes. Yeah. How tight okay, so you can bend it. Before, before you do that, the, the picture that I sent you is would that be a good example of what we're talking we'll about right that. now?
1: Yeah. Can, so if you're on the YouTube
0: that. podcast, I'm gonna put a picture up right now of what Ryan is talking about, but go ahead. Okay. So they
1: clarified how to how to measure bending radius for NM yeah. cable. Yeah. Uh, you're you're not allowed to bend NM cable more than five times the diameter of the cable. Okay, well, well, what's the diameter if the cable isn't a circle, right? A right. diameter, by definition, is the, the width of a circle. Sure. So how do you measure the bending radius if you're not bending something that's circular, mm-hmm. if you're bending something that's a flat cable? And you said now, no less far, than five times. Not less than right. five okay. times the diameter. So when people would bend NM cable, mm-hmm. and I've got a pizza.
0: Yeah, NM I was gonna say up. I have one laying around yeah, here.
1: Up here, here we go. So here's some 12-2. Yes. I think when most people bend cable, they're bending it along that axis, they're, mm-hmm. they're pulling it through studs. Mm-hmm. So which dimension would drive the bending radius? Well, in my opinion, it would be the thickness mm-hmm. of the cable, mm-hmm. not the width, right? So right. 12.2 or 12.3 should probably have the same, the same bending radius, mm-hmm. because it's the same thickness. Sure. In the 2023, they made a change saying, Well, we're always going to base it on the widest diameter of the cable, the width mm-hmm. of it, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> because now if you I've don't bend cable that way. Anyway. Cable, yeah, what's that? you don't bend cable that yes, way. Sure. Right. So here I've got a composite cable that's twelve two and it has some power oh, yes. and control signaling conductors sure. alongside it. They're like mm-hmm. a like a Siamese cable. Right. So now the bending radius for this cable, this big wide cable, is different than the twelve two cable. Mm-hmm. Even though I bend it the same way and it should never change. And and long story short, when I teach bending radius for cable, the way I, I always taught it in the past is mathematically, I would show that you can take a twelve two cable and as long as you can bend it around a golf ball, you were okay. Mm-hmm. That would not exceed the bending radius. Mm-hmm. Now you've probably got to bend it
0: like softball kind of diameter oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> instead right. in of golf ball
0: diameter. And you got to get Which it through the your- same hole a lot of times. So now you're going to have a, you yeah. know, one bending this way and then the other one's bent and it's kind of going to be, yeah. okay. I love it. It's I love it. So you're, yeah. so you're like second least favorite change in the code. Probably, All right. yeah, that one I agree with really you. It, it kind of drives me nuts. And that's, again, we'll talk about that picture later because it's a, it's a little bit different by that. And so, yeah, what is your uh, favorite code change you think?
1: Well, because I'm kind of a code nerd, mm. right? And and I, you know, I, I I say that as as a compliment when I tell somebody else we that they're thank you, nerd, you know, for because, being a cold. nerd. Yeah, we're, yeah we're we geeks, thank right you though. for being. <laughs> so I they they made a change, kind of a restructuring of the code to where all of the requirements for a, for a, for over a thousand volts mm-hmm. are going to be in their own articles. Oh, yeah. So even if you don't do medium voltage, because I don't do a lot of medium voltage, but you know what it does? It gets it out of my way.
0: Of course, yeah, you don't have now to deal Now I don't
1: it. have to read a sure. bunch of medium voltage stuff that I don't want to know about if I only do, you know, 480 volts and less. Sure. So all the medium voltage stuff now has its own articles. Mm-hmm. So I really like that from a usability perspective. Okay. Um, I like the energy management stuff a lot where, you know, we're we're at a time right now where we're 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 trying to like with electric vehicles. You know, we're we're trying to figure out, okay, everybody wants an electric car, or even if you don't want one, you might have to have one even mm-hmm. depending on yeah. depending on what ends right. up happening. But um, you know, the infrastructure and everything, I mean we, we want to go green. And, and that's certainly a, a good thing. But you know, when we start going green, and we stop burning coal, are we going to have the capacity right. to really go as green as we would like to? I, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but but here's the thing. If I want to have electric vehicle charging systems at my at my building, if I've got an apartment complex, and you've got to have a certain percentage of electric
0: vehicle yeah. charging in yeah. your apartment. Yeah, which is happening. What are you talking about
1: 5000 amps yeah. for your parking lot? right? That is 5000 amps that we didn't have to deal with, you know, two years ago, and all of a sudden, we got to add an extra 5000 amps. So what the code is doing in 2023 is it's, it's giving us a lot of leeway if we want to use an energy management system. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now you can buy on, on the high level, you can buy switch gear and switch boards that have a built-in computer right. that are part of the panel. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I mean, it's got a Windows login and password right. and everything right in the panel, you know, or you can get them aftermarket where you we just add them to whether it's not even switch gear, but it's a regular old panel board, right? Mm-hmm. But what the 2023 is doing is they're, they're just acknowledging it and saying, listen, um, now that we have the technology, Maybe instead of doing load calculations and Article 220 and all that stuff, maybe we can just say, hey, listen, man, you got 400 amps for your building. Right. Put in an energy management system and let the energy
0: management system deal right. with it. Algorithms so will kick in way- and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so that way when the air conditioner is on, the, the vehicle charger is off, mm-hmm. but in the middle of the night, you can you can run the charger full board, sure. but if you plug it in at five o'clock, maybe you only get half capacity out of it, so your mm-hmm. air conditioner can be on at the same time you're turning your lights mm-hmm. on, and we're just, we're embracing technology, yeah. and we're finally, we're going to let the, the technology do what, what it's capable of doing. Sure. You know, so I think that's a really cool kind of a paradigm shift in yeah. the NEC, I mean. And that's a whole other
0: technical training field for electricians to get into. That's the future, right there. You just, you just gave us another golden nugget here. You know, I preach all the time. You better start getting into EV and solar and all that good stuff. Whether you believe in it or not doesn't matter. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah, And so this is just energy management. It's amazing. I'm, uh, you know, that's a. If you guys are listening, you just got a golden nugget. Start, start researching energy management because it's coming.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it, it was only just a couple of years ago. My my son was talking to my brother. My brother's an electrician, mm-hmm. and my my son asked him. He said, "So, Brett, what what tool do you use more than anything?" And and my 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 brother, you know, he, he runs crews, and he kind of chuckled and he said, "Ah, uh, my tablet." Right. <laughs> you know, but but he really that was a profound statement because. Yeah. Being an electrician in 2023 is not what being an electrician in 1923 was. Not even close. Right. You know, and we need to embrace that. Absolutely. Look, if you want to be a dinosaur, uh, you will become a dinosaur before you know it. If you just want to say, hey, man, I'm just going to stick with 120 through 480 and that's my world and that's my little happy place, I get it. That was my happy place, but I'm here to tell you, you have to
0: evolve. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, new generation taking over. It's just a huge thing that that that's going to be a push. We're going to hear one thing. I want to go back to on the separate articles for 1,000 volts and above, right? So uh, solar is going to lay in there because sometimes we get some solar syst- uh, systems, right? So uh, uh, and and again, I've worked on 600 volt solar uh, plenty mm-hmm. of times, and you know, you, sometimes we're under, sometimes we're over. So that will also start getting separated out. Or are they going to Anything with solar coming in the, in the next revision?
1: Yeah, you know, with, with solar, it's interesting. Um, so what you'll want to do when when it comes to solar and 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 the future, if you want to know what the future of solar is in the United States, what you need to do is watch the present of solar in Europe mm. because we're, we're, we're a little them. bit behind them, yeah. quite frankly, mm-hmm. uh, particularly like in Germany. So a lot of times we're... <laughs> I don't want to say this the wrong way, but we are kind of letting them be our research and development. Picked, yeah. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> yeah. and well, that, yeah. that's not the right way to say it. Right, I, I right. get you know, it's not like we're we're not choosing to let the you know, but we are behind them sure. uh, a bit, yeah. and they're getting higher and higher voltages and figuring out unique ways to to mm. have higher voltages but still keep it safe. Right, Yeah. so I. I do think you will see a little bit higher voltages coming around the bend for solar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll allow it for residential. Maybe we won't. Right. Um, but yeah, if, if you're if you're interested in that, that's that's what I would tell you to do. And and boy, if you're a solar contractor, there's so many uh, there's so many trade shows and different yeah. things that are dedicated to that facet of the industry yep. that you can really embrace and, and really learn a lot from.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, but there's also other things that come along that's evolving. And this is just something I'll throw out there. You know, for us, we do do solar and try to go get insurance, workman's comp or general liability, and tell them you do solar. Nine oh, out of really? 10 will say, nope, don't insure you. So again, this is the funny part, how code evolves. But there's so many other things that people don't get. And and again, if you're listening to this in your electrical contractor and you're doing solar, you better call your insurance company and let them know. I guarantee you, they're probably going to be like, we don't cover you for that.
1: That's so interesting.
0: So, um, and, and me, I'm a code guy,
1: right? Yeah. So, that's the kind of thing I don't think about right. at all. Sure. But, you know, when it comes to OSHA, because I, I do teach electrical safety, mm-hmm. but when it comes to OSHA, yeah, with, you know, electrical safety is a big deal. Of course. But it doesn't hold a candle against gravity gravity is still undefeated all these years later you know what's up there will go down there and when it comes to solar i'm guessing that liability is probably from fall protection yeah right from from, your roof. yeah
0: yeah they don't and again it's happened to me in california thank god i've got a great company in california and out here in montana it took me about 15 tries before i found somebody that's going to cover me, and uh, I no, don't want to give them a plug, but I did do a commercial for them. So if you look at the channel, I did a commercial for the insurance company that I actually went with, that actually covers me under general liability for solar. All right, Ryan, what's next? What's the next big thing for Ryan Jackson?
1: Boy, the next big thing for I me, mean, so, as if the 100 um,
0: days is not big enough, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, you know, my my wife is starting to work with me now, and Very she's cool. going to. Uh, yeah, she's going to start doing a lot of a lot of the stuff that. That, that quite frankly that I'm not good at or that okay. I hate doing so mm-hmm. stuff like the website and all that which I mean I'm just I'm terrible at sure. but you you can't be bad at websites if you want to be relevant right, right? right. I mean you, you can't yes. so it doesn't matter whether I love or hate Instagram it doesn't matter yeah. I, I have to deal with it I right? say it it's all just the like time said, it doesn't matter whether or not you love or hate solar or love or hate EV yeah. it's part oh, of yeah. the deal yeah it so is so for me you own a business and you got a website it's part of the deal yep. so. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to, to get the website better, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And what I'd really like to get more on is probably like online CEUs. Um, I do it through Vector Solutions already Mm -hmm. and you can go to Vector Solutions and get your CEUs that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's areas, you know, there, there's locations where they're, where they may or may not be approved at a state level or local level. So I'd like to, I'd like to be able to do more offerings that way.
0: I want to, I want to throw something out at you and I've never asked you. Would you get in touch with Victor solutions, vector solutions, let them know about our channel and maybe, maybe we can offer something, you know, especially some of the classes you offer. I would love to, I would even, you know, finance part of it as the channel, but I would love to start getting into the education portion. There is another YouTuber. We all know him. He's the biggest one around. He's partially the reason I got on YouTube who does continuing education, but I'm sure it's through a third party. But, uh, you know, uh, why not? They're going to learn your material. I'm all for it. But if you get a chance, I'm just throwing that yeah, out okay. there for my, for my viewers and subscribers. We're going to ask Ryan yeah, to get us a good deal somewhere because <laughs> CEUs, <laughs> CEUs are it. You, you know, you better start getting on board. And I know so many people that don't, and they're letting their cards lapse and all that stuff. So uh, the next big thing is more awesome stuff from, from you, the YouTube channel, uh, YouTube channel, the website. Um, uh, I'm super excited about that. Anything else that, any other golden nuggets? Because I want to talk about two of the things that we talked about coming up in the, uh, hopefully the next revision. I think you thought maybe it, maybe it would squeeze into 2023, but looks like it's not. Yeah. And should we no, talk about that? Uh, yeah, go ahead, man. All you, right. you, you got your hands on the wheel. Let's, yeah, uh, let's so, see where you, you know, got us when, when Ryan uh, again came on our live meetup, that's the live meetup for my subscribed members if they join the YouTube channel. So I, I encourage you. Yeah, I'm plugging it out there. People always accuse me, Ryan, of being a salesman. I go, of course I'm. I'm the B2B. Mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sell you an investment. That's pretty much what it is. When you sell me your your course, what do you, am I, is it like, oh no, I have to learn, the like you're doing me a favor for it. But anyway, yeah. if you join our YouTube channel, you get to see awesome guests like Ryan come on. But he came on and he threw something out. He just kind of said it and to Ryan, it's no big deal. And he goes, yeah, 16 gauge N, uh, NM coming out, maybe in the, <laughs> and I went, wait, wait, did you just say 16 gauge? Of course, Romex is the brand, but. Did you just You're say right. 16 gauge Romex? And I was like, wow. Like to me automatically as a business owner, material cost installation, I went, yeah. what a brilliant idea. I haven't installed a incandescent, you know, metal halide high pressure sodium in seven years. You can't even right. find them. So give us an update on that and, and let everybody know yeah. 16 gauge. What's it for? What are we gonna do with it?
1: Yeah, well, um, it's a, it's a, Great comment, and and it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. Whether whether you love it or hate it, if, if it's something that's out there that's industry changing, you better at least know about sure. it. Sure. So, uh, long story short, it did not get into the twenty twenty three. Uh, so, <laughs> there was yeah, there were proposals to add sixteen gauge copper NM cable, mm-hmm. and also fourteen gauge copper clad aluminum yes. NM cable. Mm-hmm. So those were both uh, kind of discussed and debated and boy they went right up to the 11th hour of debate Mm. and ultimately what it was decided but and and maybe this was for the best but that's kind of a big change.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, if
1: you're going to change the minimum size wire that's allowed for construction, mm-hmm. you better make sure you're right. Mm-hmm. That's one that you, you you better not be wrong about that, and say, oh yeah, go ahead and use it. Right. Oops, maybe we shouldn't. Have, you know, you, you got to be right. So there's there's a little bit more testing and research that we want to do on it. Mm. They have done some testing and research already, quite a lot, uh, but they're going to do you know some more of it don't be surprised to see it come in in the 2026. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they made changes in the 2023 to allow for 10 amp circuits. Okay. But right now, it, it wouldn't really be worth your time to put one in right. because yeah, we decreased the minimum size circuit, but we did not decrease the minimum size wire. wire you can install. Yeah. Smallest wire. You can Plus install the breakers
0: aren't uh, uh, readily available yet either. There's no 10 amp yeah. breakers that I know of yet.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know that. And, and I, I don't know that, that right now, I don't know that, that it's going to really be worth anybody's time. If Speaking for, for square D and or you know, mm-hmm. are, are they going to make a 10 amp AFCI breaker? I don't know, maybe, but I don't, I don't They're know. They're already one
0: yet. year behind on everything. I doubt. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, with the supply chain right now, I mean, you know, it's tough you have to remind people because people want to make this a political thing. And it's like, listen, man, you, you, you you can maybe shut off the world with a switch like we had to for COVID. You can't turn it back on with a switch. It's yeah, going to take time, right. you know. Sure. So sure. it's tough. So are we going to see yeah. ten amp AFCIs? Probably not until we see smaller size conductors allowed. That sure. might be in the twenty twenty six. Might be in the twenty twenty nine. Hey, maybe they do the research and the testing and they say, eh, maybe this was just a bad idea and we're not going to do it.
0: Right. You know. So yeah. it'll
1: be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. Okay. So as we're going to kind of start wrapping up, I sent you a little picture. And again, if you're on YouTube, you're going to see the picture right now. And it's a little pet peeve that I wanted to ask someone like Ryan (laughs) his opinion on. I'm going to be honest with you. A couple other people said, I don't want to open up that Pandora's box, right? (laughs) I am not knocking anybody. I'm not knocking any YouTubers, creators, you know, uh, I'm going to put the picture up, but I'm also going to explain it. This is when you have a switch box. And I think the picture I sent you and the one I'm going to put up is a four gang switch, uh, a, a nail on plastic. Uh, switch box, device box. And these guys are coming down with this Romex and they're looping it. And I've seen them loop that looks like way more than 12 inches, first of all, from the nail, from the staple. But then I'm seeing a foot or two of wasted wire, in my opinion. And the rationale, I believe, is, well, in case you need to move the box. Now, I've built hundreds of homes. I've owned my company for 17 years. I've got two contracting companies. I have never Ever once had it be a significant issue that I have to do every single switch box in a house and waste a roll of Romex wire doing it? What are your thoughts? Number one, number if you want to take that Pandora's box. So again, I'm not knocking no, everybody, it, it, well, it yeah. looks awesome. Okay. If my customer is going to pay me a million bucks, heck yeah, I'm going to do it. But what's your opinion on it? And what is your opinion on the code on it based on we talked about the conduit bending as well or then uh, yeah. NM N- bending?
1: Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I mean, I so number one, I, I didn't do residential. I, I strictly did commercial okay. and, and all right. small industrial. Um, so you can so talk
0: trash about it all you want. When
1: I started, <laughs> yeah, when I started doing inspections, um, I, I once in a while, m- most people, when it when it comes to to switch boxing thing, they they just run the cable to the box, they staple it, sure, and, you know, done deal, right? Yeah. But then some people would leave like a loop of right. NM cable at the box, right, and it just blew me i had no clue what that was for <laughs> not a clue and finally somebody explained they said well sometimes especially on high-end houses like the homeowner will want to have the switch moved up or down you know a half inch or something if it doesn't if the switch plate sure. doesn't match up perfectly with the grout line or whatever i don't know okay so they would say okay if you leave this little loop to loop then it makes it so you can move the switch box up and down
0: on a nailed box
1: okay right that's okay that's me yeah. right that's right. me okay Okay, you know. <laughs> right, so right. anyway, some people swear by it and they call it a service loop, right? Or right. or maybe if uh, if the if the drywaller hits the wire with the roto zip, then you've got some extra wire, you just pull it out and and the problem's fixed. Okay. Cool. Now I'm with you, Jeff. If I'm if I'm paying for the cable, it's like, well, I'm I'm not gonna make a repair for free anyway. Exactly. So it's not Why, yeah. Any time and money. <laughs> so um I don't care, man. Look, if, it, if leaving the loops make you sleep better at night, then leave the loops, I don't care. Okay. Uh, from a code perspective, the code has always said that you have to secure NM cable within eight inches of the box. Mm-hmm. And you can move that
0: up to 12 inches if right. it's a
1: single gang box.
0: Now, hold but on a second, always- that's my code question yeah. to you. So the di- it's within eight inches of the box or eight inches yeah. of the length of the cable? Right, and that's what it never really said. Right. right. So for
1: NM cable, it said you have to secure NM cable within eight inches of the box. Right. So is that measured along the cable, mm. or is that measured with a ruler from the <laughs> box to the staple? Sure.
0: There's question,
1: and it was never it was never really specified. It well, just said do it.
0: Instagram's going to make sure that that's going to get definition in the next code. I guarantee you, because everybody's well, doing it.
1: In the 2020 code, oh, okay, they asked it me clarify. They said it has
0: to be secured
1: within eight inches of the box, and this is in 334.30. It says the uh-huh. cable has to be secured within eight inches of the box, but you have up to 18 inches of cable to get to uh-huh. that 8 inch security. Gotcha. So okay. you can have up to eight inch, 18 inches of unsecured cable. Mm-hmm. As long as the cable gets secured within eight inches physically of the box, gotcha. so to me, it's a nice clarification. I mean, as Very an nice. installer, I never would have cared. It's like right. oh, whatever, I don't do that anyway. Right. But right. you know, even if you even if you don't do the loop to loops, if you've got a four gang box and you've got a staple that's eight inches away, eh, you know, even yeah, if you're not that's, doing that's things, what that I might do, I, I leave a little bit, the cable of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then, the, does the bending yeah. radius come so into play? So, really but you also have the bending radius there because these loops are only in a in a two by four wall. So now you have that five in yeah. uh, five times rule that you're not passing. I'm just wondering if that's going to be a thing. And the yeah. reason I'm bringing this up is I don't want somebody. This is what happened to me, by the way, Ryan. And it's another great question as we wrap up. I did a twenty million dollar home in uh, Malibu Beach, California, right on the beach. Uh, the gentleman I work for, multi, multi. I, I just so happened, uh, he said, I want all metal boxes, but you can go ahead and use Romex everywhere, but I want all my boxes to be metal. And I said, okay, whatever. It's the beach, whatever. You know how lucky I was, or I should say blessed. So a lot, sometimes our boxes have to get mounted. There, it doesn't have brackets. It's a bracketless box, but we're you know, we mounting it on the back of a stud. For some reason, I supplied that entire job with pan head screws and no drywall screws for securing boxes. The inspector came okay. out, and this is well over 15 years ago, when I did this. And he goes, You're the first electrician that I haven't called out for putting uh, drywall screws to support your box on the inside. You used all panhead screws because of the cone, the damage. Mm -hmm. So, this is one of those things where now I preach, Hey, I don't know about you, but as far as I know, I know there's some areas about, about, you know, the using the correct, um, how should I say it? the correct supporting strapping and to hold that but i tell everybody on the channel i've always said it do never ever use drywall screws inside your metal boxes you're going to get caught on it one day and that's after you've done 300 boxes in a residential or somewhere this is what i'm talking about that loop where i don't want people to start doing it And one day inspectors start saying well it's great you got the 18 inches you got the but now you're you're breaking code on that loop
1: On the bending radius. On the bending radius. This is you have to have a pretty right. Yeah. Now regarding putting the screws in the box, there there is there was a code change made, and this also was in the 2020, and this was in section 314.23 B1, and uh, I just got lucky on that. You happen to pick one that I that I knew the section of.
0: (laughs) Good. But. um,
1: It actually says for mounting a box, you can put holes through the box that are manufactured in the field. Uh, But your screws have to be, you know, a certain distance and and there's some criteria there. And it also says if it's approved. Mm -hmm. So it it really is up to the inspector because we can't just make a rule that says, hey, go ahead and put screws inside the box. Because then it's like, okay, cool. I'll put them right next to the energized terminals." Sure. Okay, well no, you can't do or that Or put lag bolts with them, a head this right. big,
0: you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. So there is some criteria
1: mm-hmm. and it, it ultimately it does say it's gotta be specifically approved by the inspector. Right. And the inspector is under no obligation to specifically approve it. Right. So you're right, Jeff. You that's not that's one of those rules that you don't you don't wanna find out that the inspector right. doesn't like that <laughs> when you've installed three hundred boxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so this is one of those things that think beforehand. It looks great, but you know, one day you're doing this and it's going to be that uh oh moment. Well, yeah. those are the things I wanted to get through, Ryan. This has been just amazing. I could stay on with you for hours and hours, but I know the listeners by this time have gotten to their job sites or they're ready to get into their their next, their next big thing. Ryan, right. I, I thank you for coming on, man. Uh, I want to call pleasure. you a friend of the channel now. You, you've you graciously accepted both invitations. Uh, again, if you don't know Ryan's websites, if you never heard of Ryan, I don't know how you're an electrician, electrical contractor, inspector, or anything, but there it is. Go see Ryan at RyanJacksonElectrical.com and don't forget about his youtube channel go and subscribe you're doing great on youtube you know you're a super i don't call you a super niche actually because everybody should be you know if you put a a a wire stripper in your hand diy all the way up to master electrician you gotta know the code and at ryan jackson electrical on youtube ryan thank you i appreciate you will you come will you come back on will you come back on uh i won't invite you tomorrow but would you come back on if i invite you yeah, absolutely. All right. Be my Very, pleasure. Cool. Very cool. I appreciate you, Ryan. Uh, everybody right out there, on. thank you again for uh, listening to the uh, 360 Electrician podcast. We're always looking out for you and your best interests. And right now, I'm going to say it like I always do. We will see you on the next one.